this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and centre in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. I'm Bev from Living Fabulously and today my guest is Claire Ashman. Very unusual guest for me, but a really powerful conversation we're going to have. Welcome to you, Claire. Thank you very much for having me, Bev. So, Claire, I'd love to know what it is that you do and tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am a cult survivor of not one but two cults. So, I was brought up in, um, in a very strict religious Catholic sect that has since become an open cult around the world. So, that began when I was about four, four and a half. And that being in such a controlled, manipulated environment where I was homeschooled and I was without TV, um, newspapers, magazines, didn't have any friends outside of the sect, we would only see these people once a week when we went to church. Um, the, all of that set me up for the choices that I made, very naive ones, I have to say, when I was 18. When I married um, well, I was married at 18 and a half and I married a man who was about 12 years older than me who was in this part of the same sect. And um, not long, I birthed five children and then he said to me that he wanted to move from Melbourne and he wanted to move to a supposed loving community and he... I didn't want to go. I didn't know anything. Like I just felt something felt not right and I didn't want to go, but he literally sold the house from underneath us. And then it, it, I spent almost a decade in what turned out to be one of Australia's largest doomsday cults. So that was my life. I left there 11 and a half years ago and with my eight children in tow and I began my life again. Uh, I, I got divorced and then I was a solo mother for eight years and then I've since remarried and living in a different state and I've done a complete 180 with my life. That's beautiful. So that's where that's I'm at now. Yeah. So, you know, this journey is just unique from anybody that I've ever met. So I know that we've got lots to talk about today. So let's talk about that journey for yourself you know that internal journey that you went through to get to where you are today because you know you're making you're giving me the facts and the headlines of it but what was it like for you mm. well the thing is something that I came to the realization only a few months ago and this was this came about because my dad had a stroke um, is that I'm the eldest of nine children and I am the only one that remembers what life was like before mum went really religious. And I remember I was happy, adventurous, curious, chatty. I was normal, you know, as in just wearing normal clothes, doing, being a normal kid, everything like that. 
but then it completely changed when I was about four and a half, when mum went really religious and suddenly everything was a sin. Everything was strictly controlled. We had so much prayer. We were taking, you know, we didn't have outside friends. And quite frankly, uh, you know, like when you have that daily indoctrination and manipulation and the guilt coming, you know, at you all the time, you think you become to see that's normal and you've got to remember it started when I was four and a half. So I didn't know any different. When I went to get married at 18 and a half, I knew I wanted a different marriage to my parents, but I had nothing tangible. I had no life experience um, with which to be able to set that up. So it, it was a very big disappointment. And then, and then I knew when he wanted to move to the cult, like I, I really, really felt internally that something was very, very wrong and I was very upset and I didn't want to go, but I didn't want to be a single mum. I had no money. I had no job and I knew I wouldn't have any family support if I did leave my husband. So I was forced to go and I didn't think I had a choice. Like knowing now, knowing what I know now, I, I did have a choice, but I didn't, I didn't know I, have, I had a choice. So I was forced to go. And then I, and then, like, I thought, okay, if I just give up what I want for a few years, he'll begin to see that this is ridiculous and then, you know, we can go, we can leave and we can, you know. So I had this, you know, dormant, self-sacrificing attitude at the time, but I was brought up like that. I was brought up that the man was the head of the house and he controlled the finances and you do what your husband says. But the more we lived, the longer we lived in that cult and the more restrictions that we had on us I just couldn't I didn't want to do that anymore it wasn't me and I you know I struggled a lot internally and you know I you know I did a lot of crying I did a lot you know to myself I um and I I found it really really hard and I you know I I didn't realize until much later that I suffered from anxiety I went numb but this was all of a result of how I lived um, but then it just got too much. I just, there was an incident where I knew for sure that my husband didn't love me. He didn't love the kids. He wasn't treating us right. Marriage was abusive in several ways. And then I just thought, I have no idea what life is like on the outside, but it has to be better than this. It has to be better than what I'm enduring now. So, and I want a better life. I have no idea how I'm going to go about that, how I'm going to build it. I have no idea, but there's the kids and me. And if we've got the kids in me, we'll be right. And that's what, um, and so I just, and I just did that. We got evicted from the cult. And like when the sheriff showed up to my doorstep with um, the papers in his hand, like I didn't even know what they meant. They were repossession papers, but I, I, I didn't know what it all meant. I just said to him, look, just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. I'm not going to give you any trouble. Just tell me what you, what I need to do. And he was so helpful and so lovely. And so I just went and I found myself a home, a house to rent. And I mean, luckily I had the help of someone else to do that, but because I had no idea how to even apply for a, a rental on my own. I didn't, I just had no idea. And would you believe, can you believe it? Like, I mean, I was on welfare payments for God's sake, I had eight children and I got the house. Can you believe it? Like I got it. Like I shouldn't have got it. I really shouldn't have got it, but I did. And it was the best thing ever. And then of course, then I had, you know, then I was kind of like wading through the world in a way because I had no idea. Cause I mean, the kids and I were playing catch up on TV shows and movies and music and fashion and 
everything, like the kids were going to a normal school. So, you know, there was a lot going on, you know, plus then I was, you know, I was still going to church, but then questioning it, you know, there was so much going on there. And I look back now and I wonder how I even, how I even managed it all, but I did. And and that's what I'm interested in. I'm really interested you know, you integrated back into a society you had no understanding of. So what do you think are some of the things that made you resilient? My, my absolute Irish determination. I mean, I, I'm, I don't come from Ireland. I was born here, but my father did instill in us um, our strong Irish heritage, even though it's several descendants down. And I think that that strong Irish determination, you know, that one way or another, something, you know, you know, you can create a better life. And I mean, dad used to always teach us that there's more than one way to skin a cat. And I say, you know, I've skunned a lot of cats. Um, <laughs> and I have. And it's just like, if someone said no to me, i will just, be, you know, I might smile sweetly and go, mm-hmm. but on the inside, I'm going, uh-huh, sure. You just watch me. You, you've just said no. Now I'm going to find another way. So I would find another way because, you know, I was my kids' security and stability and they were looking to me to make a life better for them. So I had to do that. So come hell or high water, it was going to happen one way or another. And if I tried one way and it failed, that's okay. There's 99 other ways to do it. Mm. That's the way I saw it. (laughs) So, and and I mean... And I mean, the kids helped me as well. Like, I mean, they were going to school, they were using computers and using mobile phone. Like, you know, I had, I had a phone, a first kind of mobile phone. So I got the kids to help me because they were tech savvy. So I got them to help me. And so I just waded through it bit mm. by bit. I mean, I'm still technically challenged. And I still ask my kids <laughs> for help now. So <laughs> nothing's changed there, really. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you very determined... And, you know, yet you obviously have those moments where you think, like, what have I done? So what was going on for you internally and how did, it, how did you make sense of that? Do you mean, like, coming out to live in the world or...? Yes, so, like, you've lived under all these constraints, you know, not thinking mm. for yourself, not making decisions for yourself, not um, mm. having the freedom to choose... So how did you start to yeah. make sense of this? Now you've got all this freedom and those sort of things. How, so well, how did you make sense of all of that? Well, you've also got to remember that I was free, in inverted commas, with eight children in tow. So you're not very free. <laughs> so I still had to be somewhat of a responsible adult. Um, so, well, I mean, I would literally just go day by day and... Um, scenario by scenario I suppose so like when it came to like the children's parent teacher interviews I didn't know what to expect so I thought okay um you know they've sent me this email and I've got to sign up for the parent teacher interviews let's go so I went and then I found that you know they were very personable and very helpful and they would explain things so I thought phew you know we got through that all right (laughs) um and then I, I also I also spent a lot of time, you know, like when I met people, I would also listen to people 
uh, like when they talked and watch how they act and how they would react to things. So then I would learn the, the no-nos of certain things. You know, you don't talk about religion, politics or how much people earn. That's a big thing. Although yes. I still love asking those questions. <laughs> like I love asking them because it's amazing how volatile people get so quickly yet I'm just asking out of curiosity I don't care either way whether you're religious or not I'm just asking a question and then or politics same thing you know um and they they all fire up and I'm like calm down it's all right you know it's not the end of the world um but there was just those instances like look there were times when I didn't have a clue what the hell I was doing and I there was a few times where I would literally go into my cupboard and cry um, because it was overwhelming and it was difficult and I didn't know whether I was doing the right thing. But it was almost like, you know, I'd go in, I'd have a cry and then it'd be like, you know, brush the tears away and it's like, okay, right, what's the options here? What are the options? And that's how I would just wade through it. I mean, there were a few times when I had problems paying, paying bills, as I mentioned in my TEDx Ipswich talk, I think. Um, and I thought, well, uh, you know, there has to be a way around it. Surely they take payment plan. And I would just ring up and just say, hey, you know, um, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit on Struggle Street right now. Can, can we do this in installments? And they're like, yeah, if you set up direct debit, you know, it shows that you're paying it, you'll be fine. Like, sweet, we'll go for that one. So mm. it, it was just a learning curve of doing all this. And then when it came to meeting people, I would just literally say yes. Like, believe me, I had very little confidence, very little self-esteem. But I just, I, I couldn't be on my own. I'm a people person. And even though I felt so shy and I felt so naive and I knew I wasn't up to speed with world events and everything else, and I just thought, well, I'll just give it a go. And so I went through a stage where I said yes to every single flipping invitation just because I wanted to get out there and meet people. And I just, and I went with the attitude of I've said yes and I'll just go there to see what it's like. If it's not for me and the people are just sort of a bit weird or, you know, we don't click or whatever, well, then, you know, nothing's lost. It was just a learning experience. Yeah. And that's what I did. Mm. Yeah, so it's that whole attitude of this is an experiment, really, because you didn't have any, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> any conditioning around what society was like. So, you know, being able to be free and open. So now... How do you go about living a full life? Because you, you know, you've you've talked about how, you know, integrating back, you had this resilience and you've made sense of a new world. And so, how do you mm. live a full life now? Um, because I feel like I've missed out on so much, I attack everything with gusto and enthusiasm. <laughs> I have to say that. Um, for instance, I took up CrossFit at the age of 41. Now, bear in mind, I had no sporting background. I'd never played in a team. And um, I didn't know I didn't know the rules to games and stuff like that. I, you know, I didn't know. And, but I just thought, you know, what the hell? How, if I'm standing on the sidelines, what, what's the point? Um, and so I just threw myself in there with gusto. And that's something that I really, really loved. And um, I still love now. So for me, I... Um, I just throw myself into things and just absorb it. And I ask a lot of questions too, you know, like not everything is for me. Like, for instance, I mentioned before about religion. Like I am curious about why people, the biggest thing for me, I am curious about what people believe and how they come to, how they came to that belief. Like I'm not judging you for it. I just want to know because the brain, 
just amazes me with how people, you know, they can think so strongly about something and it's just like, why, you know, why, what brought you to that? What happened in your past to bring you to that? Like, you know, so I ask lots of questions and, um, I find the brain fascinating. I find life fascinating. And, you know, I do, I live with enthusiasm and gusto because I feel like I've missed out. I didn't live life for so many years and now it's like, mm. holy crap. You know, I don't want to be getting old and go to my grave thinking, oh, I, I didn't do this, this and this and this. I've got an ever running bucket list that I have to, you know, I have to tick off. I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do that. I just have to. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the other thing that you're referencing there is that you've now got this freedom of choice around that. So you're not wasting any opportunities. Mm. You're not staying stuck no. in something that doesn't work. And what no. I find what I find really curious, Claire, is that you seem so strong-willed and strong-minded. And I almost wonder how you actually were in a situation like that. And I know that I listened to one of your uh, interviews where you talked about it's all you knew. So there was this whole dampening down of your personality in a lot of ways. And I wondered, yeah, now that you've got all this freedom, what's important to you now? For me, the most important thing is for me to to be happy within myself. But the thing that makes me the most happy is like my, my kids and my husband, like I'm, I'm so, so proud of them. And, you know, for someone who didn't know how to bring up children, I look at them and I think, Holy crap, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I did that. Um, So that makes me happy, but also, um, it's leaving a legacy and making the world a better place for all women. I mean, I've got five daughters and to me, I don't want any of my daughters to go through what I went through. And then if, so if I can make the world a better place for them, ultimately that ripples out to all women. So for me, that's, that makes me happy to see the changes in the world to make the world a better place for women. And that's, that honestly makes me happy when I can do that you know, on a full-time basis, that's, that's what I want to do. Mm, that's brilliant. Because obviously Claire, I didn't mention at the beginning and she didn't mention it, but she's done a number of TEDx talks. <laughs> and so I'll put those in the show notes so that people can take a listen to those and find out more of your oh, backstory you. that we haven't covered today. And so Claire, could you recommend an action for somebody who's listening, who feels stuck in the situation that they're in? You know, what would support them right now? Well, something that came to me a few months ago, um, which I was going to create another TEDx talk out of actually, (laughs) was two questions, why and how. And if you think that you have no choices, just like literally sit there and ask yourself, why am I here or why am I in this situation? And just think about your actions of how you got to this situation and, you know, like you don't like it. Like you, you, you made the choices Well, probably we've made choices, whether you knew them or not, you made these choices and you're in this situation. Then the question is how, how can I change it? So then you need to actually take some time and sit and think, 
and write down all the different ways that you could change this situation to make you happy. And then by doing that, that's like a step-by-step process, you know, you know, like if you're in debt, for instance, okay. So, you know, like, you know, how, how, like, why did I get into this situation? What were you doing to get into this situation? How can you change it? You know? So that's what you need to do and go step by step and then set a goal into, you know, the things that you're going to change, but do it in a, you know, obviously, you know, you will come out with a, you can come out with a big long list of the things that you want to change, but don't get overwhelmed by that. Pick one, just pick one and stick with that and change that. So then you can move towards the goals more easily. If you if you're trying to work on ten different things, it's not going to work. You know, you're just going to be overwhelmed and you won't get anywhere. But just pick one thing that you can change. You know, whether it's buying a house, whether it's getting out of a relationship, or whether it's attracting another relationship. You know, like think about it. You know, how you got yourself into it, or why. You know, the reasons why you got yourself into this situation, why you allowed yourself to get into this situation. How are you going to get out of it? Yeah, that's brilliant. And so that's what I would say. Yeah, and and you know, keeping it simple like that to two questions means that it's a time of reflection that you could sit and ask those questions. And I would say, without judgment, but with curiosity, you know the. Because yeah, the judge, the judgment absolutely. is not going to support you anyway. So that's great. No. So Claire, I wanted to ask you, what are your tips for living fabulously? Oh God! Well, you're going to laugh, but um, it's great coffee first thing in the morning in my Wonder Woman mug. Um, <laughs> food. Um, I cannot live without breakfast. My husband knows he's not my first love. It's coffee and breakfast first, <laughs> then everything else falls into place. Honestly, it's the simple things. I have great sleep, coffee, breakfast, they're the, and exercise. They're my biggest things. Like they're the things that I love the most. Like, okay. I mean, there's lots of things I love doing. You know, I play music. I do patchwork, those things I love too. Um, gardening, I love those. I don't have enough time to do all of those. But dead set, the sleep, the coffee, the food, <laughs> and the exercise. And you've got it all going on brilliant and you can find claire at her website which is claireashman.com and also on facebook and thank you claire so much for sharing your wisdom and i think i feel so inspired that even in spite of our situation we can still have the power of choice and that gives us the opportunity mm -hmm. to keep moving forward so whatever the situation is it may feel something that's unbearable. And what I love is I think in one of your interviews, you said that you asked too many questions and that's why you were evicted. <laughs> so I'd encourage, let's keep asking questions and keep moving forward. So thank you for being with me today, Claire. Thank you so much, babe. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. 
The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.